Hello, Cleveland. Welcome to another episode of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Jokey. And as always, got my co-host, Jackson McCurry, alongside me today. Jack, man, how we doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, it's been a couple of weeks since we've uh, sat down to record. Um, apologies to our listeners. You know, just things, scheduling conflicts. You know, Anthony, I know you weren't feeling well last week. I wasn't feeling the greatest because I was going to try to do an episode, but uh, good to sit down and talk to you. Um, obviously, we got some stuff to catch up on. And uh, Anthony, it's actually a historic anniversary, good or bad, in Brown's history today. Uh, you're going to have to enlighten me uh, on that one. So it is November 8th when we are recording, and 30 years ago today, the Browns cut Bernie Kosar. And I heard uh, Tony Rizzo, he said he was did an interview with Mike Lombardi, and Lombardi, he said, even though he was a hand in that, uh, that the Browns really haven't been the same since. Uh, obviously, the Browns have only been in the playoffs, I think, three times since Ber- the Browns cut Bernie. Uh, Belichick was one of them. Butch Davis let him do another one in Stefanski in 2020. But yeah, the organization's definitely had a lot of twists and turns in the last 30 years since that fateful day uh, in Brown's history. But uh, it's pretty crazy. I know a lot of people are indifferent on Bernie, but you could say that that definitely started the downhill slide of the organization. And you just got to hope the way it's been the last few years that we're finally starting the uh, uprising of the Browns organization once again. Yeah, yeah, you would hope so. You know, it's just to be on a more consistent uh, winning path would, would be nice. You know, we it's kind of been, you know, up and down the last few years. And, you know, before that, it's it was down for so long. Yeah. Uh, but just to be at a, at a consistent path with winning and being competitive. And, you know, right now they're five and three. And that that's a good a good spot to be at at this time of the year. And we'll, we'll talk about um, – you know the the Cardinals game here in a second, but to to be five and three, uh, almost I guess technically halfway, almost halfway with it being seventeen games, but being five and three after eight games, that's a pretty good spot, uh, to be in. Yeah, definitely. I think you know a lot has been said about this team. Obviously, there was you know the six weeks without Deshaun, it was hectic. There was chaos, uh, a lot of questioning about the organization, Coach Stefanski. Um, Andrew Barry for the handling of the QB position. Um, but I think to be where they're at five and three, they're in the playoffs as of now, all the teams in the AFC North are, they got credit goes to this team, uh, from the top down from, you know, management with Andrew Barry, Paul D Podesta and the, the plan that they sought out years ago, uh, the coaching of Kevin Stefanski, which I don't think it's talked about enough. I think a lot is being recognized now. I think if it wasn't for Dan Campbell, I think he would be one of the front runners for coach of the year, but uh, Stefanski has been coaching his ass off. This defense has been playing uh, lights out. We'll get to the Arizona game. Like you said, it was another strong performance, Um, but this team's, it seems fighting. And now you hope that what we saw on Sunday was the framework for what we're going to see down the stretch with this team uh, on both sides of the ball. But yeah, they're five and three. They're in a good spot. Got a couple tough weeks ahead. Uh, but things are about what we expected when the season started, that they're going to be in a good spot to contend for the playoffs. And now you just got to finish the job. Before we uh, you know, talk about Baltimore, which is a huge matchup this week with huge divisional implications, uh, we're going to cover a couple topics from the Arizona game on Sunday. And the first one, 
you mentioned his name. Uh, Deshaun Watson uh, returned this week and was able to play the full game. Uh, he finished 19 to 30, 219 yards, two touchdowns, only got sacked once. Um, but it was nice to have him back out there, you know, after everything that's gone on over the last uh, six weeks, like you mentioned. To have him back out there, you know, you're starting to get into the stretch run of the season. And after eight games, it, it's going to get a little tough here. You know, over the next couple of weeks, you got two huge divisional matchups, one against Baltimore and then Pittsburgh uh, the week after that. So to have Deshaun back this, this week and, you know, play well against the Arizona Cardinals, I know it's Arizona, but for him to play well on Sunday, uh, hopefully you can build upon that and, you know, maybe have some confidence in him, you know, over these next couple of weeks against two really tough opponents. Yeah, I mean, we saw good things. We saw bad things. I was more surprised, Anthony, that the deep uh, passing game was, like, on point. I figured that was going to be something that, you know, they would get the the short to intermediate going and then start hitting the deep shots. But it seemed like more of the deep shots was what was working with Cooper or with uh, Deshaun Watson, um, the connection that he was able to have with Cooper and Najoku. I think that was vital to the offense. I had put the stat out on our uh, – on the Dogland account on X that when he was targeting Cooper and Najoku, he was nine of 11 for 165 yards and two touchdowns. And I think that's the key. Those are our two, top two targets on offense. Elijah Moore really hasn't panned out the way we hope. Um, but to get Cooper and Najoku involved in the passing game and being on point with them, I think that was the biggest key. Now you hope that the short to intermediate game starts to get into a rhythm. Obviously it's going to be tough going against, two tough defenses in Baltimore and Pittsburgh, but for him to sit down for six weeks, come back, have a good rhythm with your top two offensive weapons, not take too many hits, um, watching him dump off to Jerome Ford uh, when he could have taken off and run. I think that was good seeing him get hit. He did get hit five times. Um, I think it was good uh, to, you know, see what, what would happen if he took a shot on that shoulder. And um, I don't know if we're going to see Deshaun at a hundred percent, but if he can do what he did against Arizona, against some of the good teams, now we know Arizona is a terrible team, but if he can put performances like that against the Baltimore, against the Pittsburgh, against you know the other teams that we're facing down the stretch, and the rest of the offense steps up around him, the running game, every, the offensive line, everything, then I think the Browns are in a good spot because we know what the defense is going to bring. We don't need Deshaun at this point to do too much just because we know he's not at 100% strength. But if he could do just enough to put us in a situation to win, then I think the rest of the team will step up around him. Yeah, and you could argue it's when he's tried to do too much is when he's gotten in trouble. And if he you know, can control the game like he did on Sunday against Arizona without any turnovers, uh, that will go a long way uh, for the rest of the season uh, with, him, with him playing well. Uh, you mentioned kind of that intermediate uh, throw uh, passing game. There were a couple times on Sunday where they got Njoku on like a full head of steam on crossing routes over the middle, and you got two really big chunk plays out of those, and I feel like those can certainly be, uh, you know, the bread and butter of this offense. Um, you know, you get Njoku uh, with a full head of steam, it's hard to tackle him. You know, he's a big guy, and I, I think that uh, hopefully that's something that they could build on, you um, 
in this offense. And then you could go for the deep strikes or whatever else. So, you know, there's some things that they've done over the last few weeks. You know, you saw against uh, Seattle, they really relied on the screen game. Uh, you're going to need that against Baltimore with the the pass rush that they have and their defense. Uh, those crossing routes over the middle uh, to get people open will be helpful. The running game, you know, without Nick Chubb, it still managed to get, you know, over 100 yards. So there's certainly some options for them this week. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it more a little bit later on, but you just hope that within this offense, uh, the the positives over the last few weeks, you know, I know there was a loss in there, but the positives with the offense, whether it be the play calling or now having Deshaun back, it'll look much different than the first time uh, that, that they played Baltimore, Baltimore with the DTR as a quarterback. Yeah, you certainly hope so. I mean, you know, the offense was what it was against the the first time we played Baltimore. Um, obviously you, you throw DTR out there, you stick with the same game plan just because the thought was Deshaun was going to play, obviously, you know, a couple hours before the game, it didn't happen. And I don't think there was enough time to orchestrate some kind of game plan for DTR because the, the thought was Watson's going to play the last couple of weeks. Obviously you have PJ Wonker out there and then you're getting Deshaun back out there, but you could see what they were doing with PJ Wonker was I think what they wanted to do with Deshaun once he got back. Joku has been heavily involved in the passing game, nine targets against Indy, eight against Seattle, six against Arizona. They want to get him involved. Uh, he's on pace to have a career year, um, over 60 catches, matching pretty close to the same number of yards. And he's on pace to have uh, just as many touchdowns as last year. So they invested in the Joku. They want to get him involved. They know what Amari Cooper brings to the table. Uh, they need to get the running game going. I've been saying it for weeks. Get Pierre Strong more involved. It just seems like he cuts better than Jerome Ford. He's got better vision. Uh, we know what Kareem's going to bring. He's going to bring everything, even though he's not the same back he was a couple years ago. Jerome is good in spurts. I think he was effective uh, the second half against Seattle, and he's been effective at times. He's just – he likes the vision. He likes the – the quickness that some of the other backs bring you, if they get the running game going, we know what's there in the passing game. And then you got to hope the offensive line can hold it together. Obviously we'll talk about the injury uh, that, you know, put a hurt to the offensive line, but if Watson can get into a rhythm and keep stacking good performances, I think this offense has the potential to go where we want it to. It's just a matter of putting it all together here down the stretch. Yeah, if the, the offense can put it together, you know, I think the, the defense is there. And that's what we'll talk about next because on Sunday, the Cleveland Browns pitched a shutout against the Arizona Cardinals. They did not give up a single point. Uh, 27 nothing is their first shutout in 16 years since 2007. And, Jack, this defense, you know, we've been on the other side of this many a time. You know, the Arizona Cardinals starting a rookie quarterback who, you know, on a really bad team, uh, not much talent surrounding him, but the Browns held the Cardinals to 58 total yards on Sunday. That's the third lowest total of the season. Uh, the Browns, ha or excuse me, that's the lowest total of the season. The Browns have three of the four lowest uh, yards allowed uh, in a game this season. So this defense continues uh, to be strong. And, you know, after a couple weeks of, um, 
poor performances, average performances against uh, the Colts and the Seahawks. The Browns defense really got back on track on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. And the defensive line, uh, just across the whole thing on Sunday, you know, Dalvin Thomason had two and a half sacks. Shelby Harris had a sack. Zadaria Smith had a sack. Jordan Elliott had a sack. Uh, Grant Delphit had a half a sack. You know, uh, I don't think Miles officially had one. No, he had um, one. Did he have one? Yep. I think he got in one. on two oh, yeah, there of them. Is. So, yep. There, yep, there's one. And then Jordan Elliott had one. So they had seven total as an uh, as a defensive line uh, on uh, Sunday. And that's just pretty impressive, especially after the last couple of weeks of things not being, you know, where they need to be. But hopefully this week against the Baltimore Ravens, this defense can, you know, put together – half of that performance you know it's hard to hold the ravens you know with point wise but you know they're gonna have to do a good job uh this sunday against baltimore and you know you get all the positive uh things that we saw on sunday hopefully they can continue those yeah definitely i think you know we expected that this defense was going to get after arizona especially with like you said a rookie quarterback in clayton tune um, they were down to their third or fourth string running back. Yeah, their offensive weapons aren't the greatest. Uh, with you know Hollywood Brown's decent, Trey McBride's decent, but they don't really have the firepower there at the position. So we knew the defense was going to tee off, and they did. They forced turnovers. They got after the quarterback, like you said. They made Clayton Tune very uncomfortable, and, and they did what we expected them to do. Did I expect them to pitch a shutout? No, I thought you know. Arizona was going to get catch a break, have some kind of touchdown. The the Browns have had a lot of penalties over the weeks and stuff and just mental errors, but they dominated. That's what we expected them to do. Arizona's not a good team. We have a really good defense. Um, and I think the defense needed that to give themselves a confidence booster. And this was their let's get back to what we know how to do game before we have these two big division matchups. But, you know, the defense played well. I expect them to play well against Baltimore because that that game, the first game against the Ravens, I thought the defense played well for about a quarter and a half. But then I think, and I I hate to do this, I think they checked down once they realized the offense really wasn't going to give them a chance to win. And I and I think that's kind of the old mentality that creeps in. I think they realize this offense can't, we can't carry this team. But I think they learned how to do that the last couple of weeks against Indy against Seattle where the defense knew realized they needed to step up and give the offense a chance. I don't think they did that so much against Baltimore, but I expect them to do that. This go around. I think they got after Lamar Jackson. Um, they just have to make sure that they don't let the running game affect the matchup. I did. They did because once Baltimore made some adjustments and the defense couldn't catch up to the running attack. I think it was game over. And then Lamar started doing his thing, throwing the ball um, that first matchup. So I think they're going to clean some things up for sure. Uh, I think this is a really good defense on all three levels. Hopefully we get some guys healthy on that side of the ball um, because I really want to see what this team can do at, at near full strength against a really good team like the Ravens. Yeah, you mentioned full strength, and there were a couple injuries in the game on Sunday. One, you know, having huge implications, and that is uh, Browns left tackle Jedrick Wills uh, suffered an MCL sprain. He looks to be out about six weeks. Uh, the Browns placed him on IR. Uh, Cameron Mitchell, uh, rookie cornerback, also 
uh, was placed on IR. Um, you look at the injury report uh, for the Browns today. Uh, David Bell did not practice with a knee, and this is uh, on Wednesday that we're talking about. Um, Batonio Cooper, Miles all all had rest today. Um, Marquise Goodwin is in concussion protocol. Dewan Jones did not uh, participate with knee and shoulder. Greg Newsome uh, did not participate with the groin. Njoku did not with the knee. Uh, Pierre Strong did not with the hamstring. El Caranco was limited with the groin. Uh, Alex Wright limited with the knee. And quarterback Deshaun Watson, full practice on a Wednesday. So thank God. <laughs> um, hopefully, you know, we could almost start to cross him off of the injury report. But, you know, losing Jed Wills for the next six weeks or so, um, the, the big part of, of the season it is a huge blow. And we're not sure at the moment what the Browns are going to do in terms of who's going to play left tackle. Is DeWan going to move from right tackle to left tackle? Is James Hudson going to be uh, the left tackle? We're not all entirely sure at the moment, but let's just for sake say, you know, James Hudson is going to be a left tackle. DeWan stays at right tackle. Where do you see, you know, this offensive line over the next six weeks, if that is the case? I'm nervous, man. I am really nervous because, uh, James Hudson, God love him. He he tries, but he just hasn't shown any progression since his rookie year. And, you know, that might be a confidence thing that that Pittsburgh game where TJ Watt just obliterated him and the Browns didn't do anything to really help his cause uh, so much so that, you know, Baker, you know, called out the coaching staff after that game. That was Baker's last game in Cleveland, but he, he just, he's struggled throughout his career obviously he's been a rotational guy he's come in with injuries and everything but I'm definitely nervous about him being the left tackle um I think the whole thing about him practicing at right tackle today was if Dewan can't go I would expect Dewan or Dewan Jones is going to go he toughed it out last week against Arizona I expect him to do it again this week but I think they're just having a plan in place if they don't have to or if they have to move Hudson to right tackle because then you're looking at a scenario where uh, Garon Christian or Leroy Watson, guys that they've picked up over the last week for some tackle depth, uh, may play at left tackle instead. And J- James Hudson might be more comfortable at right tackle. But if they're at what we expect them to be, Hudson at left, Jones at right, I'm definitely nervous. James Hudson hasn't really shown much, um, so much so that I do think offensive tackle is a must. Uh, coming up in the next draft, if you guys have looked at my mock drafts on Dogs by Nature, I've been consistently drafting a tackle with one of our first couple picks, uh, not just because of the depth, but just because of Jed. And my heart breaks for Jed because I know he's been criticized heavily throughout his career. Um, you know, I know he hasn't been the greatest, but I think him being out the next six weeks, we will notice the loss of him. Uh, he was playing well up until that injury the last few weeks. He was starting to turn the corner, I think. Um, not saying he was going to be an all-pro, but he was playing better. He was playing at that average level he's been throughout his career. Uh, but obviously, the, I Anthony, you were at the game. Did the stadium go silent when he was hurt? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was pretty silent, especially when you saw that car come out uh, really quickly. Uh, they put that the leg cast on him. You know, he thought it was a, a really, really bad knee injury or a leg injury. And, you know, to learn it was just, 
I don't want to say just like it's a small thing, but to learn that it was a, an MCL sprain and nothing, you know, serious like an ACL tear or, or broken bone or anything like that, um, I, I think is a, a huge relief based on, you know, what we saw uh, transpire there. Yeah, because I seen it on TV and when Kareem went into his leg, I just thought, oh, my God, that's the worst. And then you see you see him get carted off. Um, it, it, it definitely the sucks. Whole- the whole team come out on the field too. You know, yeah. when the whole Brown sideline came out, you know, I thought it was like really, really bad. Yeah. It gave you, you know, Nick Chubb vibes, Jack Conklin vibes. You know, we've seen two devastating knee injuries this year. Um, thankfully there wasn't a third. Um, but I think that just goes to show you the team loves one another. They support Jed. Uh, you know, I think Jed tries. I don't know if he gives his full effort, but I think he tries. But yeah, him being out there, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a hit because now we're going into a situation where Hudson's the left tackle. You have two guys that are backups. I don't think either of them have taken many, if at all, NFL snaps. So this is going to be an interesting six weeks because we need that offensive line to protect Watson to get the running game going. And there's uncertainty at left tackle once again. So uh, hopefully Jed comes back and can help us down the stretch. Um, But now they have to go with what they got. It's in the next man up, but I, I honestly, I am nervous as hell to see how this uh, situation evolves, especially going into the next two weeks against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Yeah, especially with two, um, you know, very tough defensive lines. That's not going to be an easy task at all. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, you know, Jed's able to come back this season. Um, you know, I'm sure it'll, they'll definitely need him, but hopefully, you know, that, that screen game, I think is going to be pretty important. Uh, we'll see how, you know, they'll be able to run the ball without it being in there. Yep. But uh, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch without, you know, having Jed for the next uh, six weeks or so, maybe maybe longer. Um, you know, as we look at this game on Sunday, Jack, it's a, a huge matchup in terms of the division. The Browns right now are, uh, I guess you could say, two, technically two games back, but you could say it's three because Baltimore has a tiebreaker right now mm-hmm. uh, behind the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens are sitting at seven two, seven and two. They've won four in a row. Uh, the Browns are sitting at five and three. And if you want to win the division, Jack, you have to win this game on Sunday. You know, if they fall three games back with eight games to go, that's going to be a tough thing to overcome. But having these two divisional opponents back to back could go a long way for them and having a say about winning the AFC North this year. So. Do you think they got a shot on Sunday? Um, do I think they have a shot? Yes. I think it's going to be tough just because Baltimore is firing on all cylinders right now. Uh, six best all- scoring offense, number one scoring defense right now in the league. Um, Lamar's playing pretty good, you know, throwing the ball, running the ball. Uh, that offense is starting to click. They got an undrafted rookie who tore it up on Seattle last week, Kate Mitchell, uh, Gus Edwards. Uh, the passing game is starting to get there. Um, it, and then the defense, they, they're getting after uh, opposing offenses, just as we always expect out of Baltimore. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup, but, I mean, if our offensive line, and this goes with even the tight ends because Najoku and Brian blocked their asses off, if they can give Watson protection, I, I think they can make plays down the field. I mean, they have Kyle Hamilton. um they have Darby. They have a couple other guys back there in the secondary. But I I feel 
good about the passing game going. I just think like Najoku against those linebackers, I think it's going to be key. Um, Cooper against whoever's on him at the cornerback position. I think that's going to be a good matchup to watch as well. It would be nice to see Elijah Moore or a Cedric Tillman or somebody else get involved in the passing game. But yeah, if they can get the screen game going the way they did against Seattle, Anthony, if you can get Pierre strong in open space, Najoku, the tight end screen, you know, he had that big play against Seattle, which was unbelievable. Just shows the freak athleticism that Najoku has. If they can get some screen passes and move the ball downfield and maybe open things up for Ford or strong or Kareem Hunt in the running game, then maybe they got a chance. I think the defense will keep a minute and, you know, if they can, find a way to stop Mark Andrews, who continues to be a thorn in the Brown side. They have a chance, but Baltimore is clicking on all cylinders. This could be a game where it's close or Baltimore just routes us. I, I don't know what to expect at this point. I expect our defense to play lights out and give them a, give the offense a chance to win. It's just a matter of, can the offensive line hold things up for Deshaun to make some plays downfield? Yeah, you look at this Ravens defense, uh, very tough. Uh, if you, the Ravens defense through nine games has the third best DVOA uh, uh, tracked um, since uh, 1981 Eesh. through nine games. The other two were the 07 Patriots and the 91 uh, Washington, then named uh, Redskins. So, you know, that that's a, a pretty a tough task to go up against. And you look out, you look through their entire defense. You mentioned some of the names there. They are just uh, littered with former first round uh, selections. You know, Jay, Davian Clowney wasn't theirs. Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, o- Odafe Owe, Marlon Humphrey, Kyle Hamilton. So you got a lot of talent on that defense and they've really, you know, clicked this year. And, you know, Harbaugh deserves a, a lot of quite John Harbaugh, not Jim. That's a, Another podcast for another time. But John John Harbaugh and uh, defense coordinator Mike McDonald, you know, they have done a tremendous job with this defense um, this season, and it, it's going to be a really tough task for the Browns. Now, if the Browns could go out there and, and put out, you know, 21, 24 points, that, that's phenomenal. You know, that that's uh, – uh, a huge ask and and that would give them a, a great shot at uh you know winning this football game but it's, it's not going to be an easy task uh in doing so and um you know this defense that they're facing is is very strong and you know we'll see if the browns can move the ball a little bit but you know with how the ravens have been playing you know through these first nine games you know almost at a historic pace uh based on dvoa it's not going to be an easy task that's for sure no, just looking, I'm not looking at pro football reference, their defensive line. They added Kyle Vannoy. Actually, they added him to the roster the first Browns game. The last three games, he has five sacks. Uh, Justin Matabuke, who was one of their draft picks a couple years ago, uh, seven and a half sacks for a D tackle. Like that's Aaron Donald level through nine games. Um, Patrick Queen, even though he's a linebacker like a Ray Lewis, three and a half sacks. Clowney has three and a half sacks. Uh, Kyle Hamilton as a safety has three sacks like they're doing it on all three levels getting after the quarterback they have 35 sacks in nine games uh, according to pro football reference they had 63 QB hits so this is going to be a big huge test for the offensive line and of course you lose we don't have our starting tackles that we had at the beginning of the year um, Matabuke against either Batonio or Teller or even Posick over the middle like that's going to be a big matchup to watch Um 
but this offensive line has to find a way to give Deshaun time while also trying to open up some running lanes for our running game. And it's going to, that's going to be, I think the biggest matchup to watch is if our offensive line can do anything against this defensive front in Baltimore, um, then the Browns will definitely have a chance to win. But if they don't and Clowney doesn't, or, or not Clowney, if Deshaun can't get out of the pocket and make plays with his legs or throw the ball away, like it's going to be a nightmare on Sunday. Yeah, you know, in that first matchup, we talked about it briefly, Baltimore basically dared to, their DTR and the Browns to throw the ball. Yep. Uh, they stacked a box, you know, uh, their DTR to, to beat them, and he couldn't. You know, he had multiple turnovers and uh, threw three interceptions. So it's going to be a little bit different this time. Uh, now they don't have, you know, the running game uh, at all. You know, the running game really couldn't get it going last time either. Uh, but um, it's going to be a tough task. And, and, you know, this offense, we'll see because, you know, they look good on Sunday against Arizona, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, didn't have the shot. So, who knows what we're truly going to see this week? Um, you know, if the Sean can have an average game, maybe they got a shot to win this one. But, you know, it's going to be a big ask for the defense as well to play extremely well uh, this week and against a team who is really clicking at all, all cylinders on offense. You know, you kind of touched about touched upon their, their three-headed monster at, at running back. Uh, they're running the ball well. Lamar's doing what he can do. If this defense can hold Baltimore to 21 points or so, somewhere in that range, 21, 24 points, you might have a shot to win this one. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of whether the offense can uh, you know, keep up uh, this time. Yeah, for sure. You look at their two losses this year. Pittsburgh held them to 10 points. The Colts held them to 19 in an overtime loss. So I would say 20, 21 is that magic number. And this defense has been good all year. Um, Their wide receivers don't scare me. Their running attack, I think, scares me more with Edwards, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell, and, of course, Lamar with his legs. Um, They have to limit Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews for sure, but nobody else on that offense really scares me, Um, even though I just mentioned, like, five guys. But, yeah, if they stop their running game, like, I feel confident our secondary. Granted, if Greg Newsom's back out there, um, because if not, our depth our depth is really getting tested with Cam Mitchell going on IR. But yeah, if they can shut down the running attack, limit uh Lamar's mobility, then I think our defense can shut down their offense for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um uh it's gonna be a tough game on Sunday. You know, these divisional matchups are always uh you know tough. You know, it'd be nice to not get swept by Baltimore again in the regular season. Yeah. So um <laughs> I I will have to fact check this, but I believe since they have returned in '99, they have gotten swept by at least one divisional opponent every year. Um, I know there's a, a few years ago when I saw that stat, uh, it had, uh, you know, it, it still was going. Um, I don't know if it's changed over the last few seasons, but that's a pretty incredible thing. So hopefully, you could pull one of these out. Uh, you know, pull this one out against Baltimore and then obviously, you know, against Pittsburgh. Would you say, uh, you know, over the next two weeks, if you split these two games, that would be best case scenario for the Browns? Yeah, I think so. You can't get, you can't lose the next two because you lose the next two, then playoffs is going to be like, it, we're, 
it'll be a miracle in my opinion. Um, I've, I'm confident we could beat Pittsburgh. Um, we should have beat them week two. Um, what a wild game that was from start to finish. But yeah, if you lose to Baltimore and you beat Pittsburgh or vice versa, I think that'll be okay. If we get swept by Pittsburgh, I think I might go on a rant, but yeah, definitely at least split. Cause then you're six and six and four, six and four with seven games to go a decent schedule. I think we play, I mean, it's going to be tough. The NFL is tough. I don't care what anybody says about cupcake teams. Um, I think we still got a good shot, but we definitely at least need to split the next two. Yeah. You look at the AFC uh, conference right now and all four AFC North teams are in the playoffs at the moment. You have uh, the Ravens seven and two, the Steelers, uh, Browns and Bengals all at seven and or at, excuse me, five and three. Um, you got Buffalo five and four looking out. Then you got three, four and four teams, two teams that are four and five. So, you know, if they lose the next two, they'll be right around the pack with everybody else, uh, in terms of, um, you know, being 500 or so, as long as those teams also kind of stay that way. Uh, but you know, these games are also in conference and that conference record matters when, in terms of tiebreakers and stuff. So, uh, they're, they're really going to need to, um, you know, at least split uh, these next two. Uh, with that being said, I'll go ahead. Oh, because you mentioned about getting swept by an AFC North team every year. Um, we did not get swept by any of the North teams last year. So, okay, all right, maybe the streak ended then last year. I think you're just trying uh, to start a new one. Unfortunately, no, no, no. <laughs> I just, uh, um, I just had remembered seeing that stat, and yeah. it just like crept back into my head when you know, looking at these next two games against teams that, you know, unfortunately we've already lost to this season. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be a tough one with all that being said though, Jack, you got an official prediction for Sunday. I'm going to say the Ravens win 23 to 20 and it pains me to do that, but I just think, I think it'll be close, but unfortunately like late in the game, like there's going to be a, bad offensive turnover by us that's going to cost us a game. So I'm going to go Ravens 23-20. You know, I'm going to keep uh, picking against the Browns because when I have done so, so far this season, uh, they seem to have won. So I am going to pick the Ravens this week, and I will say uh, 27 uh, to 20 uh, this week. So hopefully I'm wrong, uh, you know, this week. I hope I'm wrong too. uh, yeah, it would be nice if we're both wrong and we're sitting here uh, on Sunday, you know, being only a game out of first place at that point. Uh, that would be an incredible thing heading into uh, the following week against Pittsburgh. That would be amazing. All right. With all that, we are going to get on out of here. Be sure to give uh, Jack a follow on X at Jack McCurry ZOA. Be sure to give me a follow at Anthony Jokey, J-O-K-I, the Dogland. Uh, you can follow us at that handle um, on X, Facebook, Instagram, threads, etc. Um, we'll see you at some point uh, after the game on Sunday to break down, hopefully, a Browns win. Uh, until then, remember, as always, go Browns.